Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy of children and what an awesome opportunity to see some of the things that they're learning on Sunday mornings. And Father, uh, we thank you uh, for the investment that this church makes in the lives of young children, uh, like our preschoolers. And thank you for the workers uh, and for Kayla and all those uh, that are uh, in there each and every week, helping them learn uh, your work. So Father, as we worship today, Lord, I pray that uh, we just find the joy in our hearts and all like those little kids had in the video. And may we just lift up the name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Crossroads family. How are you doing today? All right. That's, we'll let that slide. That sounded pretty good. They're pretty good. Hey, we're glad that you're here this morning. If you are visiting with us, somewhere right in front of you in the back of one of the chairs is a little Connect card. And if you're visiting, if you'd be so kind to fill that out, uh, the offering baskets will come through in just a little while, and you can uh, drop that card in there and let us know about your visit so we can connect with you. We would love to do that and find out how we can serve you as a church family. Uh, we would appreciate that. Also, if you uh, weren't able to put your offering in the box in the back, you can do that as well when the basket comes by. Speaking of children, as Heath was praying, I was thinking about today is a special day. Uh, right after our service... We're going to have an open house, and uh, we're going to give you an opportunity if you haven't. I know a lot of you have not had that opportunity to walk through the new children's space area. And also, you may have been wondering what, what's in these little side rooms. If you haven't looked, our offices have moved down here. So uh, while they're clean, we clean them for you. While they're clean, I want to encourage you today after the service to, uh, to check those out and kind of see some of our new renovated spaces around the church. That would be that would be great. Hey, we are in October. Can you believe it? Wow, we are in October. Yes, some of you are excited about that. In just a few weeks, we will have our trunk or treat uh, out in the parking lot. We've already started letting the community know about that. So if you want to participate, uh, we would love your help in getting some candy to, to hand out. Beyond the candy, we're going to be handing out the love of Jesus. And so uh, we're excited about the opportunity to do that. Uh, also, if you have not been baptized and you're looking for the opportunity to be baptized on November the 8th, we're going to have a baptismal service, which is going to be interesting, being down here in the Family Life Center. You'll have to come that Sunday and see how we're going to pull that off with no baptistry. We've got a long garden hose. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But if you haven't been baptized, what a great Sunday to do that. So mark your calendar. And, uh, and we're going to do that. Please pick up one of these. I won't go through all the announcements because I know that you can find those out for yourself. But there are a lot of things uh, happening in the life of our, of our church. And one of those things is uh, our deaf ministry. And they are going to lead us this morning and start us in our time of worship. So as they come on up and prepare themselves, uh, you prepare your hearts to worship together this morning. Thank you for being here. In 
when darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God And all will see how great How great Father, we just thank you for this time to be here together, together to praise and glorify your name. 
We ask you to take this offering, to bless it, to use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom. We ask all these things in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. song ladies how beautiful 
How beautiful is the body of Christ. Today, let's stand together as we sing two great songs of the church, Standing on the Promises. And yes, we are all part of the family of God. smiling faces and I see some faces like hmm, hmm. you know and uh, I, I don't know if we, we Lisa and I are just so elated that we are able to tell now that we are going to be grandparents and uh, so we're all excited and you know we have an addition coming to our family in April of next year and I think about how excited we are but think about God himself and how excited that he is when one comes to know him as Savior. How excited and how the heavens rejoice about one coming to know Jesus as Savior. We are part of a bigger thing than what Crossroads represents. We are all part of the family of God working together to do what he would have us to do and be what he would have us to be. We're going to sing that, the family of God, once more. And then I want you to be a little happy that you're a part of the family of God. Woohoo! You know, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's do, what God is doing. We are part of the family of God. That says something right there. So let's sing out this again.
Good to see you this morning, church family. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, we love you. Today we lift our praise before you because we are thankful to be a part of your family. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that is not a part of your family, that before this service was over, they would surrender their lives to you. For those of us that are part of your family, Lord, we know that we are, we are flawed. But nonetheless, Lord, we know how great it is to be a part of your family. So I pray, God, that you would guide our conversation today. And as we look at your word, that you'd speak to our hearts today. We, uh, we give you honor and glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different over the next three weeks. And I've already have talked to some people and they said to me, well, that doesn't surprise us at all because you do something different about every two weeks. So, so surprise, and you're not surprised. Uh, we're going to be tackling some issues over the next three weeks uh, that I think are important and that many of you perhaps in our congregation are asking. And one of the things that we've talked about as a staff is oftentimes, uh, for most of us, we'll come into a service and a particular scripture will be looked at. And I remember growing up, I was sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but what about this? And I would have questions, and then I would leave. And there were, some of those questions got uh, unanswered. So you see there on the screen, if you are into texting, and I can't think of any age group as I look across the crowd that is not, has not texted probably before, then you can feel free as we go through our scripture and discussion today to pull out your phone and text that number on the screen. And it'll pop up here on my phone, and we're going to address some of these uh, questions from Scripture with, uh, with my friends Joey and Heath here. Uh, we've sung, I'm a part of the family of God, and uh, over the last couple of years, uh, my heart has really been more broken, Joey and Heath, for those that are outside the church that have not experienced being a part of the family of God. Because I know even though we're flawed people... That the family of God, the church, is the tool that God is using to bring about His kingdom. Yes. So as flawed as we are, and we are flawed, I am very flawed, as flawed as we are, that is the tool that God wants us to use. So I have a lot of younger friends in their 20s and 30s who often say, why should I be a part of a church? What's the point? If you're watching today by live stream, you may have... Uh, because of the COVID pandemic, you may have kind of slid back now. And even though you're physically and maybe uh, physically and socially able to get in your car and go to a place of worship, you become accustomed to watching things on a screen. And as much as I've loved that during this time of uh, the COVID coronavirus going on, as much as we've loved it and we have utilized that as a tool for our church, I want to say to your church family that that is not a substitute. For gathering together as the people of God. I love it. I'm grateful for it. And it's great technology and we'll continue to use it to reach people. So if you're watching by way of live stream today and, and you're able to find a community of faith and you, you belong to Crossroads, obviously we hope that you'll come here. It's very important. So I want us to talk about that today. Why should we be a part of a church? And why is it important? What do we see in our culture? Because uh, in our culture we, we see a lot of things happening in our culture. We see people, uh, I used to call it, my pastor growing up used to call it the church hop. 
church hop. They would just hop from this church to that church to that church um, because we have, we have incorrectly in our culture started to ask, I think, the wrong question about church. And for those people who don't know Christ, that's okay, because if you don't know Jesus, you might sometimes ask the wrong questions. But we've started to ask questions like this. What can the church do for me? What do they have for me? What am I going to get out of it? And those are appropriate questions for somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. Those Actually, are a lot of questions that are being asked in the world. And that's why our church is trying to do a good job at providing some things like children's ministry and like student ministry and like car shows and craft fairs to reach out to our community. But if you know Jesus, we grow up beyond that point and we start to ask the question, how can I contribute to the body? How beautiful that song, How Beautiful the Body of Christ, we start to ask that question. So I wanted us to think about that a little bit with Joey and Heath. And again, if you've got questions about this, please text them. If you don't text, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. I was going to say, if you don't text, it'll be a short sermon. Some of you are going, put that phone away, put that phone away. <laughs> no, if you don't text, I have about 12 pages of notes and we'll get through about one. No, but if you have some uh, questions, please, please text those. But I wanted to ask that question of, of of Heath and Joey to get our conversation going. What what do you guys see in our culture as far as being a part of the church? Um, and this church hop, why do you think people hop from church to church? I think, uh, I think people are content in a lot of ways of being able to slip in and then slip out. I'm not saying people are afraid of commitment. I believe that does play into part about, you know, if I join a church, what's going to be expected of me? What's, what's going to be taking place? And I, I, I think there's some, some fear. Fear? Okay, I, that's, that's a good one. Fear? Why, why else are some reasons people maybe church hop, do you think, Heath? I, I think it's, it's their perspective. Uh, that mentality um, of... <clears throat> The consumer mentality instead of the contributor mentality. You know, um, I think growing up, you know, it is, it's, it's okay. What, and, and the church is there to serve, obviously, but, um, but as we become a part of, of the local body, uh, we ought to have that mindset, where can I fit in, where, where, do I, where can I serve? You know, what are my gifts? Finding out what those spiritual gifts are. Yes. And, and putting those gifts to work within the local body. Because uh, when, when, when a member does that, they, they see um, how much stronger it makes the church. Mm. Yeah, I think right. you're right. I think you're right. Got a couple of questions I see coming in on my phone we're going to answer in just a minute. Let me, let me give you... Uh, some some thoughts on why we why we church hop or church date uh, from our perspective and from scripture and we're going to get into some passages of scripture here in just a second. Uh, I, I think one of them is we're very independent. We are a very independent people. Uh, we even have a holiday that we celebrate our independence, um, which nothing wrong with that. But uh, one of the reasons I have such a heart for missions and such a heart for getting out of uh, America, the best country on the globe, I think, still, but I have a heart for getting out of our country, is because 
for, for the most part, our concept of independence and even our concept of church is a North American concept. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. When you go to a foreign country, people <laughs> depend on each other. And the main reason they depend on each other is because if they don't, they die. That's right. They die of hunger. They die because their needs aren't met. So they are leaning on each other. And here we are in the most prosperous country on the globe. We tend to become very independent. We, we also become very individualistic. And so then we start to get very skeptical of what goes on in this church. Well, I want to have my own individual thoughts and philosophies. And if I become a part of that group, then now I have to have the group mentality. So those are some reasons. Um, Indecisiveness. Because of the consumer mentality that Heath was talking about, we're indecisive. We we shop around for churches. Uh, I was sharing this conversation with somebody the other week. Uh, It's been two years, I think, a little over two years since our family's been here at Crossroads, a year officially, I guess, but two years since we visited. And we visited a lot of churches when our family moved from Spartanburg to Greenville. And uh, I I am, confession, I am, can be hypercritical sometimes of the way we do church. And I remember as we pulled into one of the church parking lots and as we pulled away and I was giving off my critical list of why I wouldn't want to be a part of that church, (laughs) my precious spouse of almost 25 years, God spoke through her. I don't know that I liked it at the time, (laughs) right? Some of you know who have a spouse that God uses. Uh, She said, until you commit to be a part of a group, you probably aren't going to find the kind of community that you want. And I thought, ouch, okay, okay. So we've got to make a decision and, uh, and, and get plugged in. So we've got a couple of texts coming in here. One text is this. Uh, what does the Bible say about church hopping? We're going to answer that. Here, here's one. Uh, how do we have a generation come back to the church? Great question. Do you think we have different priorities? So we're going to start to answer some of these. <clears throat> Uh, do we have different priorities? Absolutely, we have different priorities. And that's, that's a part of the issue. And a lot of times what we do is we give the world all our priorities. And then if we have any priority time left, well, we'll give that to God. And God gets the leftovers. And some of that is, is culturally, some of that remains on us, our responsibility to learn that and to teach that to our, to our children. So let's look at some scripture before we get too far off the beaten path. If you've got your Bible, I want to encourage you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, here at Crossroads, while you're turning to that passage, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, you, you can become a member of this church. And maybe you're visiting today and you're thinking this would be a place where you'd like to become a member. Um, I have some of my younger friends that often ask me, what does membership mean? That just means I can vote to run the pastor off if we have a vote. <laughs> we just get to vote. It's like a democracy. No, being a part of and a member of a church, the little C church, but also the big C, the worldwide global church, is significant. And uh, the, the Lord gives us some great scripture, and Paul talks about it in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Would you mind reading that, Heath, starting with verse 12 through 27? It says, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now the body is made up of one part, but of many. But if the foot 
should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. For if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. For on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but in its parts, but that its parts should be have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Yeah, great. Thank you. So it's interesting that Paul jumps right in talking about the body, which tells us there's some things implied, and some of those things that are implied are God expects us to be a part of a local body. Yes. Mm-hmm. God expects us. Paul's given a whole litany of things here describing about being the body and members and how we need each other. So God expects us to be a part of a local body. Uh, somebody was asking about uh, church hopping. Can church hopping be good? Uh, church hopping can be good if you're looking for a healthy church. Uh, one of the reasons more and more churches continue to pop up in our world is because there are a lot of unhealthy churches. And there are a lot of churches that are closing down. Uh, not because of COVID, but because God's Spirit is not there. Uh, my wife and I, unfortunately, have had the privilege to serve at a couple of churches where we thought, if God's Spirit doesn't show up, we might as well pack our bags and put a for sale sign out here because the place is dead. Uh, I, I'm grateful if you're visiting, this is not one of those churches. Amen? Uh, that was kind of weak. Amen? All right, that was better. God, God is alive and well and, and working here, so you need to find a healthy church that's teaching and preaching uh, God's Word, that is worshiping God, all those things, and we'll talk about those as we go through here, that are good characteristics of belonging to a good church. So the Bible expects us to be along a, a part of a, a local church. Uh, a church is, by the way, this may be a good point, Joey, to jump in here and address this, is, uh, comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which means gathering. And in, in the church days, in the early church days, you know, they didn't necessarily, they had the temple and the synagogue and things like that, but a lot of them would gather and have quote-unquote church out in the town square. And they included other parts of society, not just the professional Christians, but parts of society, which perhaps is why they were able to infect society with the gospel more quickly. They weren't just inside a church. That's one of the great things about the COVID pandemic is it's pushed us out. What, what are you seeing about gathering together uh, and being the body of Christ that you would add here to what Paul has said? Well, I think it's important that it says that everybody has a place. And every single one of us, we have a spiritual gift assigned to us. We have things that we're excited about. We have things that we're passionate about. And it's very important that we 
get into a church, we start using our gifts that God has given, and that gives us satisfaction in knowing that we're doing what God wants us to do, whether it be teaching, singing, uh, or, or many, many other ways. You know, you can serve on a, the missions group. You can serve uh, in, in a Sunday school class. You can serve on the bereavement team. And you can be used by God in so many different ways. And I think the COVID virus and what we're doing and the church being outside of the church walls, well, in fact, that's what God intends us to, to be, mm. is outside. We tend to, as churches, we love and we get content and we get comfortable within our walls just enjoying Jesus, just enjoying what he's doing for me. But really, God wants us to enjoy what he's doing, but also go out and tell. And uh, it takes all of us. It doesn't just take a pastor or a staff or your Sunday school teacher. It takes every single one of us. And I think this passage answers that, that question. Yeah, Because absolutely. we are all part of the body. And we, and we each have a role. And one of the things that I would say to our, our younger folks, and I, I love them, I have several dear friends who are not yet plugged into a church, and, and helping them and helping us understand, we all bring something to the table. Yes. If we're made in the image of God, God has gifted us with certain talents and skills to bring something to the table to help us function as a body. So you, you may sit on the sidelines and go, well, they don't really need me. And I would just humbly say to you, yes, we do. Because what you bring to the table is missing. If this is the body that you're supposed to be a part of. I, I got this um, uh, bill in the mail. Lynette and I this, I guess, a couple weeks ago now. And when you have four people in your home that drive cars and you get a car insurance bill, let's just stop and pray right there for the car insurance. Let's just stop and pray. It was like, oh my goodness. But I'm reading through this policy and you, all of you will know this. There's a thing in the policy that says accidental death and dismemberment and it talks about what happens if that happens in an accident and I started thinking about us as a church some churches are dismembered we have people who are here but they're they're like their arm is barely hanging on to the body and then we wonder why the church doesn't function like it should and this is the time for us to to remember up here and remember the body and pull ourselves back together because all of us, to your point, do have a, a place to, uh, to serve. And, and God expects us to serve, not just all of you and not just the professionals, but he expects us to serve. I was looking at Hebrews chapter 13. You can just jot this down if you want. You don't have to turn there. You can if you, will, if you like. Uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls... As those who will give an account. So for us, and Heath preached on this a few weeks ago about spiritual leadership. We're, we're not easily saying let's be a part of the body as if we don't have a responsibility. Because our responsibility is even greater. We will be held in account as you are members of this body. Did we serve you like we should? Did we check on your spiritual condition like we should? And, and that's where just honestly in our culture... It's called church polity, P-O-L-I-T-Y, has kind of gone out the door. 
Because the way it used to be and should be with the body of Christ is the leadership, and not just us, but some of you who are teachers and some of you who kind of serve as, as elders and deacons in our church, we should be helping other people and holding other people accountable. Uh-oh, that's a hard word. Spiritually for our growth. So if any of us say from time to time, hey, we missed you on Sunday, where were you? Or how's your study in God's Word going? Don't, don't look at it as, well, they're being nosy, or who are they to say, well, they're, they're all high and mighty to ask that question. We are held account as leaders in this church, as our other leaders in this church, for all of our spiritual growth. That's huge. And that's what's so important about being a part of the body of Christ. So the Bible expects us to belong to church and be submissive for sure. Let's see what other questions we've got coming in. You, i, I got to say, I'm proud of our church family. They know how to text because there's about 40. I don't know if we're going to get to all of them, but they're, they're buzzing in here like a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> that's good. So somebody asked this question, uh, looking at the passage in Corinthians. Uh, how do we change the attitude of members in the church so that it becomes where everyone wants to get plugged in instead of the same people doing all the work? I'll let, I'll let Heath jump on that one or start that one. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for that yeah. question. Uh, you bet. Uh, I'm here to serve. Yeah. I'm here to serve. <laughs> no, I think, you know, the, the old motto, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. work. Uh, in, in some cases, it's 10% of the people do 90% of the work. But I really think it's just people finding where they're gifted, where they're passionate, and being given that opportunity to use that gift um, to lead. And as they, they, they see that they're capable of doing that, and that's part of that equipping the saints for the work of the service that mm. uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, um, is, is that it's just a lot of it, I think, is um, giving them the confidence um, to, uh, or giving them the opportunity to lead, uh, giving them the opportunity to serve. And I would say this, um, there's no role that's greater than the other in, in the sense that, um, you know, if I think there's that, that mindset, well, if I'm not on the stage or if I'm not on the platform, then I'm not as important as, um, as you know, the people that are. But I would say, honestly, I, I look at our first impressions team and our greeters. Um, those people are so important to uh, the life and uh, the That's environment right. of the church because those are the, the first uh, people that uh, folks see when they visit or when the members come in. Uh, and they're greeted. Uh, and so uh, those people, to me, are, are just as important uh, as anybody. And uh, so many people, and it's, it's really an easy place. And if you, if you would like to get involved in with our First Impressions team, uh, be one of our greeters, we would love to encourage you. And, um, and you can see me afterwards. I'd love to get you plugged into there. Um, and if, if you're good with people, uh, if... You can put a smile on your face and just have a great um, personality um, as far as greeting people as they come in. Man, we would love to plug you in. And that is, that is a vital part because uh, statistics will show that within the first five minutes of visitors being at a church, visiting a church, 
They've already decided before the music gets started, before the pastor has preached, whether or not they're going to come back the next week. That's right. Uh, and it's based on uh, their, their first impression of, of the church. And that starts with our greeters and our first impression team. And that, that's why my wife and I wound up coming, is yeah. exactly what Heath just said. And uh, we, got, we got sucked into the crossroads love Jesus connection. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I think it's interesting that we strive to be, and we are, a multi-generational church. Mm -hmm. We have uh, senior adults. We have uh, not yet senior adults. (laughs) And then we have middle-aged adults. We have young adults. We have college-age kids. We have children. And we have preschool. Uh, I think that was an interesting question that we talk about accountability. And I'll just uh, reiterate what Jack was saying. Do you realize the burdens that we carry because we know how accountable we're going to be to God in leading Mm -hmm. and uh, allowing teaching and leading in our church? But as accountability is assigned to us, accountability is also assigned to you as church members and as the body of Christ because... I, I don't know about you, but I don't read minds. And, uh, you know, I've had so many people through the years of ministry. We started ministry in 1985, right after we married. And uh, all through those years of ministry at different churches, I've had people come up. Well, you didn't ask me to serve on the stewardship team. And I'm going, well, I didn't know you wanted to serve on the stewardship team. You know, I'm sorry. And, uh, or any other team as far as that goes. Uh, again, we have to work within our passions. Right. And if you would just simply let us know, uh, how many of you have served on the nominating committee before? Just raise your hand. You've served on the All right, well, if you've served on the nominating how many discussions have we had trying to uh, put people within where they need to be plugged in or where they would want to be plugged in? Uh, we simply, on many occasions, we put notes in the bulletin. Please let us know. Uh, nominating committee work has started. Please let us know where you'd like to serve. That is a cry. Please, please, please let us know where you'd like to serve. Because, again, I, I don't know what you're feeling and how you'd like to serve. And we are all about putting people where they can serve because we are all about the church being one. I was telling Jack earlier, uh, there was a message that I heard on the passage in Corinthians. And I wrote at the top of my Bible that said, we need to seek to complete and not to compete. Mm. And a way that we can complete the work of the church and the local body is to be open with each other. To tell people of things that's hurting, tell people things that are going great in their lives, but also share where we'd like to serve. We are here to complete and not to compete. Yeah, that, like that's that. powerful. I like that. And, and, and it is to serve. Uh, there, there's kind of two reasons where, for us to be a part of a church. I mean, generally, there's a lot of little reasons, but two big reasons. One is somebody texted and said, well, isn't church a place where I'm supposed to come and get fed? Yes. 
Yes, that's a part of our role and other leaders' roles to equip the saints for ministry to feed you. But it's not that we keep coming to the spiritual buffet and we keep feeding ourselves and we turn into a 750-pound spiritual, you know, baby. That's not what it is. It's to be fed to go out and do ministry and to serve God and impact the kingdom of God. That's why we come to get, to get fed and to fellowship and to worship, all those things that are parts of, uh, parts of the church body. So that's, that's one reason. And the other is to serve, to be a part of the church body, to, to play our role. So those things are so important. have got a couple other questions here, uh, Joey and Heath, that are coming. In. How do we help a generation come back to church that have been hurt by the church? That feel judged and not loved. Great question. What do you think? I think I think the first thing we need to do, as as a church and as believers, I, I think we need to we need to repent where we've failed them, uh, where we have failed to to show that compassion and love um, constantly. But also, I think it's one of those things where um, we need to let them know that it's okay not to be okay. Um, you don't have to be cleaned up and fixed, um, and all before you coming back to church, uh, that just come back and let Jesus help with the cleaning and the transformation and the, the sanctification, um, of, uh, of the individual. But, uh, that's, that's, that would be one thing that I would say. It's good. I think that through the years I've heard again, well, I don't want to go back because people judge me for who I am or what, what I do. Uh, we have to be careful as leaders, as church members. Uh, our place is not to judge others. Our place is to love others. Mm. And sometimes, you know, I get the question, how do you love the unlovable? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, with Christ within us, we can love whomever we meet. And I think that we've got as church members, that's part of who we are, is that we love all people. We are never to stand in judgment of who they are or what they look like or what they do. We are to love them. And we are to love them with the love of Christ because it's not our place to change them. That's right. But it's God's place to work within their hearts. So we have to be careful. As James says on many occasions, we have to watch. There's a small thing as that steers a ship, but there's also a small things in our bodies that sometimes gets out of control, and it's our tongue. We have to be careful yeah, right. in what we say and how we react to yeah. things. We do. And we talked about that, I guess it was last week, about uh, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And our delivery sometimes dilutes the love of God. It is the love of God. That doesn't mean we're watering down the commitment. As I told you, my wife suggested to me when we pulled out of that church parking lot, you'll, you'll never find, church family, you'll never find the kind of community God intends for you to have until you commit. That's right. Why is it that we, we think we can uh, be lackadaisical in our commitment to a local body but that same principle doesn't apply to sports, our music. If we don't show up for our music class and we've committed to be there, or, or our workout that we pay for at the gym, we pay our trainer, or the sports class that we paid for, we don't show up and the coach says, you're on the bench because you didn't show up. Why is it that we think 
that world is okay, but to commit to Jesus is different. I think we abuse God's grace. Oh, he'll forgive me. You know, it's raining outside, so I'm not going to go to church. or what? That, that shows our commitment, our lack of commitment to the body. It's not just to Christ. Can I tell you something as a pa- one of the pastors? There are some Sundays, just, just, I'm going to be real with you. There are some Sundays I get out of ch- bed to come to church. Not necessarily just for Jesus. I get out of bed to come to church because of you. Because I'm accountable to you. Because I love you. I'm connected to you. I think what the world is missing, those younger folks that the question was coming in that that aren't here, is they're missing the the real uh, accountability is a part of it. Authenticity is another good word. The, The realness of being a part. We just sung it. The family of God. It is a family. It is a family. I remember Lynette and I had a Bible study going on in our house for about three years before Crossroads. And one of the families in our house, uh, the husband had been in the military in Afghanistan. Long story short, he'd experienced some biological chemical warfare. Our group of about 12 or 15 people at the time found out they were about to be kicked out of their home. Uh, They never told us that, but we found out. Why did we find out? How did we find out? Good place to hit the pause button. We found out because we were connected in community. Oftentimes, we don't know as a church staff or leadership what's going on in your life because you might not be connected enough. And it's, it's sometimes we get that phone call, and Joey and Heath have been here longer than me, so they've told me over the 20 plus years they've been here, somebody calls, oh, he passed away, can you do the funeral? And it's like, well, who is that? Well, they were a member of Crossroads. Well, they haven't been there in 15 years, and you want me to do a funeral? So we have to be connected. And so this family in our home was connected every week. So we knew, we listened, we observed, we knew something was going on. And long story short, we found out they were back to be evicted out of their house. Our small group over the next couple of weeks secretly started collecting money. They showed up for Bible study, the next group. And I remember us just handing them this basket of, of cash and checks. And there were checks for $50 and there were checks for 500 Proof in point, it takes all the members of the body playing their role. It's not about the amount or about the gift. It's about us playing our role. And we gave them that money, and I'll never forget their response, Heath and Joey. He started just weeping, and he was just like, why? Why would you guys do this? And here I am in our group, supposed to be the spiritual leader, and I was, I was crying. I couldn't, come up with, I couldn't come up with an answer. And somebody in our group leaned in and said, because that's what family does. And I thought, if people outside these walls experience that kind of a family every week, folks, we would have to have security at the door because there would be a mob trying to get in here to be a part of that kind of family. And that is my heart for our church. And I think our church is, is in that, moving in that direction. We already are headed in that direction. So we've got to do that. So that's a great question. Here's, here's one more. Oh, these, I'm getting some difficult ones. So I'm going to give this one to Joey. Joey. (laughs) Since he's the grandpa. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let's see here. Uh, Today we live in a very divided and opinionated society. How does Crossroads break the mold and effectively present the gospel to people who are already turned off by simply being part of an organization that has become hyper-political? And on that, we'll take a break. No. 
It's a great question. About 20 minutes. <laughs> I do think that I have been one. Uh, I do not put political signs in my yard. Uh, I do not post political things on social media. Uh, I very rarely discuss our political views, my wife and I, and what we uh, believe in our views. I think the church has made a mistake. We preach and teach this right here. We preach Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, as long as we lift up Jesus, he will draw all men to himself. Now, as far as this world being divided, it is as divided as I've ever seen it. And I believe 90% of you probably would agree with that. But in my opinion, and I think the scripture would back me up wholeheartedly, the church has no place for politics. The church has no place of getting involved in teaching one political platform or another, or one party or another. We lift up Jesus. And it is up to each of us and our morals and how we intake Christ of how we vote or what we say and what we do. So when people come here, whether you are independent, whether you are Republican, whether you are Democrat, whether you're a Green Party candidate or any other party candidate or uh, support any other party, it doesn't matter. That checks at the door. When you enter these doors, we love you because of Jesus. We love you with his love. And we love you because of who you are and because mostly of who he is. So, uh, yes, we are. We are outside, but inside. We're one body because of Christ. Well, I think that's the key. Um, is it's, it's about the focus. Where, where are you going to put the focus at? And, and I'd say, you know, as long as we keep the main thing, the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. Um, and all, and you, and all, we, we, we preach, you preach the word, and we teach the word, and all, we, we encourage, and all, you vote your biblical values, you know, and, and what the Bible says. And so, uh, but as far as going party to party and things like that, um, and all, that's just, uh, that's just, you know, something I think, uh, I, that I would see if I was reading through the book of, of Corinthians and seeing how divided the, the Corinthian church was at so many times. But if you look in the book of Acts, um, and all when God was moving, uh, it was because, number one, they were meeting together. Uh, number two, um, you know, they were, they were building relationships. They were in community, like, like you were talking about earlier, Jack. Um, and this is uh, in... Chapter, Acts chapter 4 says, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything that they had. And um, it says, With great power, the apostles testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And all. Uh, you just keep preaching Jesus, and you just keep loving people with the love of Jesus. And you let, you let uh, the Lord uh, just transform their heart as he's transformed yours. Uh, and I think that's uh, the main thing there. That's right. I think we've got to... Uh We've got to learn to trust the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we have in church culture 
and uh, we'll edit this part out. Uh, maybe even in Southern Baptist culture especially, and that's how I grew up, and I'm grateful for it. But we have tried to compartmentalize and put up guardrails in an attempt to keep the church pure and regenerate, which simply means the church full of people who know Jesus. Uh, in our attempt to do that, we've created all these things that tend to, to lean towards politics and tend to lean towards divisive things. Uh, that's not to say, that's not to say, church family, we don't preach against sin. That's right. That's not to say we don't preach the hell is hot. That's right. And, and I, I've heard some of you say that hasn't been preached a lot. Trust me, it's coming, okay? Um, but there's a delivery that should be a little bit different, I would say, to our today's culture than what my culture grew up when they, we heard about hell. Because that will be repelling to people. Now, the gospel is offensive to people. There's a balance of being not trying to intentionally be offensive. The cross is offensive by itself. It doesn't need That's me right. to say anything. Yeah. So in our culture, we have to figure out how to communicate to people. But even in, in Southern Baptist life, and some of you that keep up with that and keep up with politics more than the three of us, know that even in our convention, there are a lot of things going on right now. And we'll just watch and we'll see how that continues to go. Uh, it won't be a one-person decision or a three-person decision. But there'll be some conversations probably over the next several years if the convention continues to take steps they're taking, moving away from preaching Jesus and preaching all these other things. We're going to have to go, okay, what does it really mean to be a part of, of those associations or organizations, which is one of the questions. So one, one more question. We're running out of, out of time. Uh, look at your neighbor and smile and say, you did good texting because we have enough probably for like six months of sermons based on these texts that are coming in here. Um, this is a great question. Thank you for asking this question. This is a question that people outside the church are asking. And as Joey and Heath and I and Kayla, the rest of our team have been praying, I, I, let, me, let me say this before I answer the question. I want, as one of the main teaching pastors, Heath shares that responsibility here too, I want to preach messages that answer questions people are asking if we're not answering questions people are asking who wants who wants to come to church if they already if they're not questions are not going to be answered that are being asked does that make sense and one of the big questions in our culture and this person is texting it in and asking it is what is the church's position on homosexuality here's our church position you ready it's really deep. Homosexuality is a sin. Yeah. Lying is a sin. That's right. Gluttony is a sin. Mm-hmm. Cheating is a sin. Coveting what your neighbor has is a sin. So there are a lot of sins. Being 100% transparent with you, as a person who has family members who have chosen that lifestyle. It grieves my heart that the church chooses to put a spotlight on one or two sins and not address all the other elephants in the room, pornography, wife swapping, men abusing their wives verbally in the house. I sense some of us are getting uncomfortable. I could keep going down the laundry list of things, things that even I would begin to get uncomfortable about. Because folks, it's all sin. So somebody showed up at our church door today and said, 
I'm living in this lifestyle, but I want to come in to, to have, be in the service with Crossroads. Now, you may vote for me to leave after today, but I'm just going to tell you what I think based on God's Word. I would say, come on in. Come on in. I pray that you experience the love of God. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Not me hitting them over the head with the Scripture. Because I can do that all day, but if the Holy Spirit's not speaking to their heart, my work is in vain. So I hope that those kind of people will start to come to our church. Now, now here's where where it kind of turns the corner. And, And Matthew talks a lot about this. Because at some point, and this is where the accountability that that, uh, Joey and Heath have been talking about kick in. Because if we choose to continue to live in sin, then then there are some things that the Scriptures tell us to do. Actually, Jesus himself said this in Matthew chapter 18. He said, if your brother sins, go and reprove him in private. So he gives us an outline of how to do that. Reprove them in private. And if he doesn't listen to you, then take one or two. And if he doesn't listen to you, then bring him to the church. So if there was somebody coming to Crossroads and said, Hey, I'm living this way, but I want to come be a part of the church. I'd say, come on. Experience the love of Jesus first. Hopefully you're going to experience the intervention of the Holy Spirit in your life next. But to help you. The church, this is where the power of the body of Christ comes into play, folks. The church comes alongside and humbly and gently, just like Jesus talked about with the lambs and the shepherds demonstrated with the lambs, pushes them back into fellowship or sometimes, as the shepherd did with the lambs, had to break the lamb's legs and the sheep's legs so they wouldn't run off and get caught into the thicket. Mm -hmm. That's what's missing in the church of America because it's uncomfortable. And, and very few of us, well, this church is different. Some of us don't maybe want to commit to that kind of church because we're not ready for that kind of authenticity and accountability. But can I tell you, that's what God made us for? That's the kind of community God made us for? I, I used an analogy. We're, we're going to wrap up here. I used an analogy earlier about going to the gym. If I had paid a trainer and I didn't show up, and I, I did a year or so ago and I lost about 25 pounds, And you know what happened if I didn't show up? Where are you at? Where are you at? I didn't like it. It was painful because then when I got there, before he'd run me through the workout, it was like, what'd you eat this week? And I would have to give him a log of what I ate. Here's here's the deal. And listen, I'm not perfect. I'm I'm not just using a recent illustration because it's what comes to my mind. If I really wanted to lose weight and get in physically shape, physically in shape, I had to submit myself to that. That's right. If we want to get in spiritual shape, we have to submit ourselves to that. And not just you submitting to us as leadership. I'm submitting to you as one of the pastors. I'm submitting to you. Yes. That's a part of the body of Christ. If you see anything in my life that you go, whoa, pastor, what are you thinking? Let's go on record today. You have 100% as a member of this church, you have 100% authority to come up to me in love and say, Pastor, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because we all need checks and balances. That's the way the church should function. And just a couple of things real quick I'll I'll say. And thank you for these texts. We may have to have a part two. Because they're flying in here. Uh, Hate the sin but love the sinner. Yeah. Somebody takes the hate, the symbol, love it. That's exactly right. We say that 
But our delivery says, we hate your sin, and we don't really like you either. And that's not good. So we have to change our face sometimes. It's almost, the the church is God's plan A to bring about his kingdom. And I I had a a comment from a friend. I'm going to read it so that I make sure I get it right. Because some of us, some of us and some of those outside our walls today that downplay the church would, would say this. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. This friend suggested this. He said, men, what would you think if I came up to you and I said, man, I really love you. But have I ever told you I can't stand your wife? Most of you guys would go, pastor, come here. But that's what we sometimes do to the church. Jesus, I love you, I worship you, I praise you, but I don't want to have anything to do with your church. Folks, you're missing it. We're missing it if we don't love Jesus and love the church. It's both. And there's a lot of benefits from being a part of, of, of the church and being a part of Crossroads. You'll experience God's love like you've never experienced it before. You'll allow other Christians to, to intersect with your life, and your life is going to bless them in a way that you never imagined because of the gifts God gave you. He divinely put that together. And, uh, you know, the biggest thing is you're going to show the people outside how we love because they'll know us by our love for one another. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the body of Christ, how beautiful, how beautiful it is. How beautiful it is. It's not perfect because we're flawed. We mess up. We make mistakes. God, I believe there is a world, a generation, a world, a community that is looking. Actually, I would say, Lord, not just looking. They are longing. They are yearning for a place of connection. Many of them are so lonely and disconnected. They're looking for a place of connection. Ultimately, to be connected to you. Some of them don't know that yet, that it's you that they're looking for. But I believe when they connect to the people of God, they will connect to the Son of God, Jesus. So would you help this church, help each of us individually as members be the people that you called us to be? As you're praying this morning, right there in the quietness of your seat, As I thought about how we would finish today, I I thought maybe I would just offer a couple of different ways for us to respond. And the first way would be would be this. Maybe for you today, maybe it's maybe it's been a while since you've been here. And that's okay. I'm glad you're here. Or maybe you've been here for a while. For some of us, maybe this morning, and these steps can be an altar this morning, maybe we just need to either in our seat or visibly come down to the front and recommit ourselves to be a member, to re-member to the body of Christ. Because you're valuable today. Every single person in this place has great value to God. So maybe today that's how you need to respond. Maybe there's some confession you need to make before God and just say, Lord, I haven't been the kind of member to this body that I need to be. For some of us, maybe you're visiting today and you'd say, you know what? Wow, I want to be a part of a church that we've read about in the scripture that we've described that we long to be. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I'm visiting today and I want to be a part of that kind of church. And I think this is it. I would invite you just to come down in just a minute. 
and grab my hand or Joey's hand or Heath's hand and say, this place I would love to call home. However God is moving on your heart this morning, I pray that you would respond. As our musicians play, I'm going to ask you just to stand, if you would, right where you are. Would you stand with me? And if you need to do business with the Lord this morning, we won't make this long. I know we're a little longer than normal, but if you need to respond this morning, I'm going to ask Joey and Heath to join me down here at the front. You just come grab one of us by the hand and to let us know how the Lord's speaking to you. This time belongs to you this morning. today. Thank you, Jesus, for this church family. I am so extremely thankful to be a part of this family here, this local body. Lord, we're connected to local bodies of believers all over this community, all over this country, all over the world, that collectively we are the big capital C Church of Jesus. And I thank you for that, Lord. Would you use us today Help us to find out how to get connected to one another so we can also be connected to you to make a difference for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you have a seat just for a second? Thank you so much. Hey, I love you. Even those of you that don't look as good as a grandpa. Um, I've got to to come up with a name. We don't have a name yet. He said we don't have a name, so we'll come up with a name for the grandkids. The grandkid, I guess I should say. One, one so far. To call Joey. Hey, thank you for being here this morning. In just a minute, we're going to dismiss. And if you are, if you have children in the children's program, you go ahead and move that way and slip out so you can grab your kiddos. Uh, and we're going to hang back here to give you time to pick up your children. So you can, yeah, you can slip out right now. Uh, and uh, we're going to, the rest of us, give you time to get your kiddos so that we can take the tour for those of you that want to do that. I think we're going to sing. Can we sing a song while we're waiting? Just one short song. Wait, let's stand together and sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. All right. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I can rest in the offices here and then give a little bit more time for the kids to to come out and you're welcome to walk through the children's area so now go be the church good to see you this morning thank you